My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Just a trigger warning before we start today's episode. It deals with some distressing themes, including the loss of children. If you aren't feeling up to it, why not go back and listen to another episode of TDA you may have missed. And if you need to speak to someone, you can give Lifeline a call on 13 11 14. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Friday the 28th of April. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. Welcome back, Zara, to the podcast. Very happy to be back. And while I was gone, there was a very interesting news story. She was once labelled as Australia's worst female serial killer, convicted of murdering her three children as well as the manslaughter of her firstborn. Kathleen Folbig was jailed in 2003 and is currently serving a 25-year minimum sentence. She was convicted using evidence from her diary. But as science has advanced over time, new information has cast doubt over Folbig's guilt. Two eminent paediatricians testified today that it was likely Kathleen Folbig's children died of natural causes. We're going to tell you what you need to know in the deep dive, but first, the headlines. Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill has declared Australia's immigration system broken during an address to the National Press Club yesterday. O'Neill said the system is not delivering the skills needed to address workforce pressures and that all Australians are suffering as a result. The Victorian Gambling and Casino Control Commission, the VGCCC, has fined Melbourne's Crown Casino $30 million comes after a 2021 Royal Commission found the casino allowed customers to gamble by depositing uncleared bank checks made out to themselves, not to Crown. The VGCCC said the practice exposed Crown to potential money laundering and put gamblers at risk of harm. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has spoken to Chinese President Xi Jinping for the first time since the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Both nations' leaders said it would improve relations between the two countries. It comes after Xi embarked on a two-day visit to Russia last month for talks with Russian President Vladimir Putin. And the good news, the Archibald Packing Room Prize has been won by Cannes-based artist Andrea Hewlin for her portrait of comedian Cal Wilson. Hewlin's entry, her first ever, was declared the winner by a three-person jury from the Art Gallery of New South Wales. Her portrait is one of 57 finalists for the Archibald Prize, which will be displayed in Sydney, regional New South Wales and Victoria later this year. We've had a strong indication this week that Kathleen Folbig could be released from prison. That's with submissions to an inquiry on the case casting doubts on Folbig's guilt. It's a case that's captured the nation's attention since Folbig's trial in 2003. We haven't heard the findings from the inquiry that's been ongoing this week, but we thought it'd be good to lay out some of the context to the case until this point. Because of course, Sam, you and I were very young in 2003. Zara, I was in year three at the time. That means that you were in year one. So (laughs) anybody who's currently in their 20s or even the early 30s won't be as familiar with this case. Mm. So why don't we go back to that point? Give me a sense of the facts of the case. 
Okay, so it all started with the death of Kathleen Folbig's first child. His name was Caleb, born in 1989, who died when he was just 19 days old. The autopsy report and death certificate gave the direct cause of death as SIDS. And remind me exactly what SIDS is. So SIDS stands for Sudden Infant Death Syndrome, and it's basically the cause of death given when a baby dies unexpectedly and there's no clear cause of death. Just a thing to keep in mind, though, a coroner might also leave the cause of death as unknown if there's a lot of uncertainty around the details of the death. Okay, so Folbig's first child was found to have died of SIDS. What happened next? So next, the Folbigs had another baby, Patrick, in 1990. He appeared healthy at birth, but at aged four months and 15 days, he had a medical episode causing brain damage and seizures, and then in 1991, he died. His death certificate recorded the cause of death as related to epileptic fits. Folbig went on to have two more children over the next six years, Sarah and Laura, Sarah died aged 10 months and 16 days in 1993 with the autopsy and death certificate giving SIDS again as the cause of death. Laura died aged 18 months and 22 days in 1999. The autopsy result gave the cause of Laura's death as undetermined, though it was reported that she also had a heart condition. And so none of those deaths were recorded at the time as foul play. Mm -hmm. How did we get to a point where Folbig ended up being convicted? Well, what we know from the court documents is that after Laura died, Folbig and her husband separated. But her husband, Craig, read something in one of Kathleen's diaries that actually led him to contact police. The case ended up going to trial and the diaries became key evidence, with the prosecutor arguing that they contained what he labelled as virtual admissions of guilt for the deaths of three of the children and an acknowledgement that she was at risk of causing the fourth. And what was contained in those diaries? There are too many diary entries for us to read, but they show that Folbig was really struggling with motherhood. She wrote about feelings of frustration and loneliness One from the 28th of January, 1998, includes an account of Folbig getting angry at Laura, who was her daughter, because she wouldn't stop crying. She wrote that she almost purposefully dropped her on the floor and left, but she walked away instead. It says, and I quote, I feel like the worst mother on this earth, scared that she'll leave me now, like Sarah did. I know I was short-tempered and cruel sometimes to her, and she left, with a bit of help. I don't want that to ever happen again. So these diary entries, and there were others like this during her other children's lives, were considered to be damning evidence in her trial. Kathleen Folbig was eventually charged with the murder and manslaughter of her children. It's now been a number of years since she was sentenced. What's led to an inquiry into the case all these years later? Well, with the advancement of science, medical experts have actually been able to provide new genetic evidence as to what could have caused the children's deaths. Sarah and Laura were found to have both had a mutation in what's called the CALM2 gene, which controls how calcium is transported in and out of heart cells. We now know that these mutations are one of the most recognised causes of sudden death in infancy and childhood. And scientists say that they were able to determine that this mutation was, according to their research, the likely cause of Laura and Sarah's deaths. More recently, scientists have been able to make a bit more sense of what happened to the Folbig baby boys as well. 
They were found to have two different novel and rare variants of a gene called BSN or bassoon. It's a condition that can cause early onset lethal epilepsy in mice, and researchers are looking into whether this could have been the cause of Patrick and Caleb's death. But at this point, there isn't enough evidence to know for sure. And so how is all of this new evidence that's come to light thanks to medical and scientific advances coming into play at the inquiry this week? The inquiry is hearing submissions on this new evidence, especially that CALM2 genetic variant I was speaking about before. The lead counsel assisting the inquiry has now said that based on the evidence, there is reasonable doubt as to Folbig's guilt. The inquiry has also heard psychological and psychiatric evidence about Folbig's diaries for the very first time. While experts say they could be interpreted as containing confessions of guilt, they've cast a different light when considered in the context of Folbig's mental health at the time and that the evidence suggested that Folbig was suffering from depression. So does all of this mean that Folbig is likely to get out of prison? I mean, that's the big question. So today will be the last day of submissions to this inquiry. From there, the presiding judicial officer will have to consider all of the evidence in deciding whether Folbig's convictions should stand. We don't know when he'll have to make this final decision, but if he finds that there is doubt as to Folbig's guilt, he could refer the matter to the Court of Criminal Appeal to then review her sentence. So just to clear that up, this isn't actually the Court of Appeal looking at it themselves. It is an inquiry that will then feed into that court process. It's such an interesting case and it's one that is expected to have ramifications on other cases moving forward. What are the lessons being identified now for the justice system moving forward? I mean, I think one of the really interesting things about this trial is what seems to have been the use of something called Meadows Law in Folbig's initial trial. And Meadows Law is essentially this assumption that's attributed to a UK paediatrician called Roy Meadow that, and this is a quote, one cot death is a tragedy, two cot deaths is suspicious, and until the country is proved, three cot deaths is murder. And so basically what that means is that the chances of multiple babies dying in one family from natural causes is so unlikely that it has to be suspicious. And this logic is thought to have influenced Folbig's initial trial, but it's since been rejected as a valid form of evidence and Meadow himself was struck off the medical register. And so now we have an inquiry interrogating new genetic evidence for the first time and Australian scientists are heralding this as a step towards a better use of science in the justice system, no matter what that outcome looks like. With that all said, if this episode has raised anything for you, you can give Lifeline a call on 13 11 14. If you learnt something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so there's a TDA episode waiting for you every weekday morning. We'll be back again tomorrow morning, but until then, have a brilliant day.